Greetings, and thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cannabis Community Insider, a podcast featuring conversations with top influencers shaping the cannabis landscape today. I'm your host, Mark Pasakovich, and in my day job, I am a lobbyist and public affairs consultant, and one of my biggest clients is a cannabis company. This experience as an industry lobbyist and insider gives me access to key people and unique insights that I look forward to sharing with you. We bring you inside the cannabis industry and feature a multitude of diverse perspectives and opinions from business leaders, government officials, community stakeholders, and other key people in the fast-moving world of cannabis. The podcast tells the backstories of the developments you see in the news. We answer pressing questions from patients and consumers and explore the latest developments in cannabis business and culture. And by the way, your voice, yes, yours, really matters in determining the future of this podcast. So please don't forget to like us or recommend us or rate us highly. And certainly don't forget to subscribe to the Cannabis Community Insider on whatever platform you use. Don't forget, if you want to be an insider, you got to listen to the insider. So the O'Hearn family goes back several generations on their uh, land in central Illinois outside of Peoria. Larry O'Hearn, the patriarch, has been farming this land and raising beef cattle there his entire life. And whatever you imagine uh, a modern era cannabis entrepreneur might look like, I doubt that Larry and the O'Hearn family fit that mold. And yet, if you drive down an unmarked, winding dirt road uh, on the O'Hearn family farm, you may eventually find your way to a barbed wire fence that surrounds a highly secure, clean and bright, modern facility that grows high-quality cannabis and manufactures cannabis-based products for most of Illinois' medical dispensaries. Indeed, you've arrived at nature's grace and wellness. Welcome. So this modern cultivation facility, sitting where it does uh, among the fields and the grazing cows and the idyllic environment, is really kind of a good metaphor for the O'Hearn clan itself. They are one part salt of the earth farmer uh, and one part heart charging entrepreneur and pioneer in Illinois' medical cannabis industry. In fact, Larry also happens to be the chairman of the board of directors of the Medical Cannabis Alliance of Illinois, which is the state's cannabis industry trade group. So the O'Hearns are in, uh, they're in deep. And um, what possessed these guys to literally let their farm go to pot? 
Um, and of course, as an aside, I will say I mean that in the best possible way. Well, I think Larry put it best when he told me uh, that after a lifetime of raising beef cattle, he has never had anyone come up to him and say, oh my God, that beefsteak has changed my life. Uh, and that's really funny, but it's also really profound because uh, that really is true to my experience as well. Many patients will come to you and tell you that this medicine has had a life-changing impact. Uh, and I'm certainly glad Larry gets that kind of affirmation for the hard work that he puts in. After hearing Larry say this, I had to get to know his story a little bit better. So I was really excited when Larry invited me out to the farm, which, by the way, is not near any major highways. So it was a scenic one-lane road kind of drive a good part of the way there. When I got there, I got a great tour from Larry O'Hearn himself and got to see every part of the operation. I also got to talk with Larry, as well as with his son, Tim O'Hearn, who serves as the COO of Nature's Grace and Wellness. I really enjoyed these conversations, and I hope you will too. First, I spoke with Larry. Larry, where I wanted to start with you is that you know, you're not necessarily sort of, don't necessarily have the image of a typical <laughs> hot um, uh, entrepreneur, uh, if you will. Uh, obviously, people can't see us, but, uh, you know, you're pretty gray. I'm getting there, but <laughs> I, I would assume you have a few years on me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's, uh, you know, what's it like to sort of be the patriarch of the family, leading the family into this as a family business? How was that conversation from your perspective when it started? Oh boy, I wake up every day and think, what did I get myself into, you know, <laughs> but uh, no, it was, uh, it started as uh, I've always had a very, uh, our family and myself, I've always been, in, uh, prided myself on being an entrepreneur and trying different things and um, I'm a, I have a little bit of an affection to risk. So uh, this industry uh, provided all of those things, new industry, uh, more risk than I thought it was going to be. But uh, it, it had the elements of something that my forefathers would have thought of, hey, let's go to America or let's settle the West or something. So Speak I, those things appealed to me. That's awesome. Speaking of uh, forefathers, uh, are you from this area? What's your relationship to the land here? <laughs> okay, well, I was born and raised here, so I've never left Western Illinois. Wow. So this is about all I know. I was uh, I got my degree, my bachelor's at Western Illinois University. Right down the road. Right down the road and uh, met my wife there. And 38 years later after college, we're still in Western Illinois and raised our family here and have very strong ties to Western Maybe Illinois. Maybe, you know, still married too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for better or for worse. Yeah. If she was here, she'd probably say, yeah, it really emphasize uh, some of those moments. But yeah. <laughs> well, what's the, tell me about this area. What, you know, what's significant around here? I, I'll tell you the truth. As I was driving in here, I thought, all right, all this cannabis cultivation is great, but where are the lakes you mentioned? <laughs> so that's what I wanted to know. Uh, 
So tell me about your 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 land here. Has oh, it been the family a long time? Uh, my my great grandfather settled here in 1870, and my grandfather actually moved from Illinois and settled in the original land run in '91 in Oklahoma. My father and mother came back to Illinois to family land, mm-hmm. and then they have raised their family, and consequently I've raised my family here too. So um, we had a brief one generation leave Illinois, but come back to the same family land and have built on that. Well, it's beautiful here. Well, we're, thank we're you very, very much. lucky. Hopefully I'll be allowed to visit again, <laughs> uh, even though I won't be able to eat at Mercer's anymore. <laughs> There you go. Um, so what, what are the family basics like? Do you like working with your kids? What kids are in the business? What kids, what's your, how many kids do you have? What's your? I have four sons. They're all grown. Uh, seven grandchildren, six grandchildren. As of today, I had a granddaughter hey, born this morning. So we're, uh, here, here. we're very excited about having a new addition to the O'Hearn family. Um, my oldest son is our marketing director, lives in Chicago. Tim's our, runs the company here at Vermont. I have another, my third son, Dan, runs our agriculture operations. And then I have a son that lives in Leewood, Kansas, who does our grain marketing and works for a major grain uh, company. Talk about what you do that's not on the farm, that's not cannabis related. Uh, we raise corn, soybeans, and cattle. Our core business is the cattle business. So we are vertically integrated in cattle and everything from pro- except for processing and distribution. So we have very strong ties to the ranching industry in, uh, here and in the state of Missouri. So uh, how, what, are you a big player in terms of, you know, is it by heads of cattle or how does it work? Oh, I don't know. I probably buy, I think we're probably a medium, small, medium-sized company. We can, we obviously have enough cattle to, to raise our family, but uh, there are certainly bigger players than us. First of all, let me ask you this. When your kids were growing up, what was your conversation with them about cannabis? <laughs> Boy. You know, I, I, uh, I'm not dating myself, but I really can't recall a conversation about uh, uh, cannabis with my kids. There's a few uh, episodes where they came home probably with some alcohol that we had some rather uh, interesting conversations, but uh, I, uh, I never remember an experience where we talked about cannabis. So what was the experience of talking about it when you were contemplating the family business expanding into this field? Uh, really, uh, it was more from the standpoint of, you know, Dad, this has got, you wrote all over it. <laughs> the original bill had an ag piece to it, and uh, I had, I've served on a number of commodity association chairs over the years and have been a big uh, advocate of value-added uh, agricultural companies and working to develop the ag economy. And I looked at this as an opportunity to bring a business into our area that was unique and could support, be something that we could uh, support that the local economy with. Looked at more of an economic development piece. Okay. What, what's the family dynamic at work? So you got one son who's the CEO, right? That's correct, yes. 
and my son Patrick and then my daughter-in-law and my wife uh, are both involved in the business too. So they, my wife and Claire uh, play a critical role in many of the decisions and uh, I always say that I'm allowed to come to work and do what I love which is meet people and uh, be involved in a dynamic industry. Well, that's right. And, and for that matter, just on the record, I would like to thank my wife, Barb, for letting me be here. <laughs> you know, there you go. I wasn't restricted. It's to, not really work when you enjoy right, what you do, right? Right, right. She let me get out of that time out in order to be here with you. Um, so how was when, you know, when you started, you, and we talked a little bit before about the fact that you were, you know, it, I don't know if you would call yourself that, but I would call you a community leader on the school board. Certainly everybody knows who Larry O'Hearn is and the immediate area. Um, what was the concept like of introducing a, you know, the thought of having a cannabis cultivation facility and what is probably a very, you know, relatively small conservative kind of a community? You know, it was very well received and uh, it was clearly demonstrated when we went through the community support piece and uh, we went to obtain our zoning and county board support, support from the local mayor and, and law enforcement. And uh, we, we had, uh, it was kind of surprising, you know, I was concerned about being from a conservative area, how this would be viewed and uh, it was met with overwhelming support. That's terrific. So uh, you, you took that experience, and as you mentioned, you've been sort of in association leadership positions, uh, and you took on a really difficult task. You're the chairman of the Medical Cannabis Alliance of Illinois. Um, not even specific to this particular group, but Every group with a volunteer board of directors that I've ever seen requires a little cat herding. Uh, yes. And uh, how's that experience? Is the industry sort of growing up, becoming more professional? People are gelling? I believe yes, emphatically yes. And I feel privileged and honored to be part of the association and to, be, uh, to, be, to lead it and have, the, have my industry peers uh, asked me to be uh, the leader of the association, so I'm honored on a number of fronts. One, to, I feel it a privilege to be in the industry and to provide medical cannabis to patients in Illinois, and then to have my industry peers say, Larry, we'd like you to chair the association and help us, uh, help us come together as an industry and be a, one voice that the industry needs. As you know, there's talk of adult use legislation as well. Where do you see this industry going in the next few years? Is it going to continue to be an economic engine? Or are we going to continue to set the standard here? I, I hope Illinois, to your point, continues to be an industry leader in holding, holding the industry stakeholders accountable to provide high-quality consumer products, whether they're made it medical or for adult use, that we keep the standard and the character and integrity in this industry. If you had, you know, a room full of consumers, patients here, what would you, you know, off the sort of off the top of your head, what, what do you want to say to them? First off, thank you. Thank you for considering medical cannabis as, as an option for their for their health treatment. 
uh, I mean, it, you know, I've coming from the cattle business, the cattle business has been my love of my life and my passion, but I've never had anybody tell me a beefsteak changed my life. When somebody comes up with cannabis and tells me that they've changed their life, this is very humbling. This was a, you talk about, if you think about things that I didn't expect to be in this industry, I didn't know what to expect when we got in the industry, but I didn't realize I would have the emotional attachment and the passion for this industry that, that's, that I've come to love. It is, it, this, is, this is a labor of love now. When, when you see people with real medical issues addressing their medical uh, treatment with medical cannabis and having a positive impact on their life, I cannot tell you what that does to you as a person. Yeah, it's definitely very humbling when somebody says, what you do has helped change my life. Absolutely, absolutely. And we are all gonna have into life issues and health issues in our life and to be part of something that's natural and God put on this planet this is this is and and to be able to to bring that to a consumer in a regulated way that they know they're going to consistently get a a high quality product time and time again it it is uh and we're very we feel very honored to be able to participate in this Larry, thank you so much again for your hospitality and for welcoming the city boy to your neck of the woods. You are definitely a great host and a class act. After talking with Larry, I also spoke with Tim O'Hearn, who is the Chief Operating Officer of Nature's Grace and Wellness. In fact, uh, the grace in Nature's Grace and Wellness comes from Tim's daughter, Grace, uh, who I hear is very excited to be included in the name. Tim grew up right there on the farm uh, and has spent most of his life there. And just out of curiosity, I asked him how many kids went to his high school, just by way of comparison. He said 60 total in all four grades, which was amazing to me. Just for comparison, there were over a thousand people just in my freshman class at Lane Tech in Chicago. So these are really different worlds that we come from, um, and that's great. Really different worlds make for very interesting perspectives. I started uh, the interview by asking Tim how the family decided to get into the cannabis business. Here's Tim. I was in uh, law school at the time, and uh, we were kind of tracking um, the movement and the legislation that was um, coming regarding the medical cannabis pilot program. And um, it certainly appeared that uh, it was going to favor or um, you know, emphasize participation from the agricultural community in the state of Illinois. Um, so that immediately piqued our interest and um, uh, sat down with my dad. My, Mom and dad have always um, been very entrepreneurial and um, you know willing to explore new industries. So um, we sat down and discussed it, and it uh, um, it really didn't take too much convincing. Um, Whose idea was it? Then? <laughs> I don't. You know, it's um, it's I, I can't directly recall whose um, specific idea. It was kind of a collaboration. Hey, this is coming. Right. Um, you know, we're uh, we're farmers um, and have a long history of agriculture in Illinois. Um, it makes sense that we at least, um, you know, pay attention to this and possibly participate if there's an opportunity. 
So did you did you grow up here? Is this like where you were born? It is. Yep, this is uh, where we called home for my whole life. So. Uh, tell me about the area. Like, how many kids in your school? In my school, there were 4,000. In my high school, there were 4,000 kids. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's certainly a different experience in... Uh, um, in rural Illinois, um, we, uh, my entire high school, industry high school, had uh, roughly 60 students. Um, there were classes as small as eight or nine students, so it's um, not a lot of population. We love this area. Um, it's uh, western Illinois. Is, um, you've, uh, there's not a lot of major interstates that run through here, so you've got to have a reason uh, to come here to be here. So it's, uh, it's very unique in that aspect. Um, so tell me more about the family. So uh, it's Larry and, and Kelly are the patriarch and the matriarch, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, I am the, the second oldest son. Uh, we have, uh, uh, I have three brothers, um, so four boys um, total. Uh, but it's absolutely a, a family business. My uh, wife Claire and I uh, both work for uh, nature's grace and wellness, and we have uh, three children as well. Okay, cool. And whoever is not working on this is working on beef cattle. Is that right? Mm -hmm. More or less. Absolutely. All right. Excellent. Um, so tell me a little bit about the company. How many people do you have working for you, and things like that? And obviously, to the extent that you know, the answers don't have to give away trade secrets sure. or anything. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, we've got roughly um, uh, 40 employees currently. Uh, we're hiring um, a number of, uh, seems like we're perpetually hiring as the, um, as the medical program um, continues to grow um, and we expand production uh, at our facility. So this is a, for an area like this, this is a pretty good job engine, an economic engine. Absolutely. Yeah, we really thrive on, um, you know, providing uh, good paying jobs in this area. We're uh, located in Fulton County, Illinois. Um, it is a, uh, would be considered a, a socioeconomically uh, disadvantaged county um, in the state of Illinois. Uh, when we took on this project, you know, there was high unemployment in Fulton County, one of the highest unemployment rates in the state of Illinois, uh, very low wages. Um, and just not a lot of economic opportunity for, uh, particularly for young people um, who wanted um, to stay in the area. They love the area, but were being forced to, you know, leave the area to find um, gainful employment. That was certainly a big driver for why we um, decided to take on this project uh, to begin with. We wanted to provide economic development um, in our county um, and in. Uh, uh, you know, broadly in rural parts of Illinois. Um, the way the Illinois medical program was structured uh, provided great opportunities for that um, by dispersing uh, cultivation centers uh, with one per Illinois State Police District. Um, it incentivized, you know, economic development in our rural area. Um, so we've uh, really stepped from there. We've, uh, uh, you know, we have a minimum wage of $15 an hour um, for employees here. You didn't have to wait anyone to tell you to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we, uh, we talk about that a lot, but as the, um, uh, you know, we wanted to be, uh, provide, you know, good economic development in the area, but it was, we didn't know how smart of a decision that was until we actually got into the business 
and saw the quality of employees um, that uh, we attract uh, by, you know, providing good wages and good benefits to our Absolutely. staff. Absolutely, this is this is not a you know after school job. This is a career job. Absolutely, or can be. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Um, so, how how uh, how do you relate to your neighbors around here? How did you know? Sort of what was the talk of the neighborhood to the extent that you can call this a neighborhood since houses are pretty far <laughs> apart? Um, you know, I can, uh, I literally, uh, sometimes my neighbor runs out of coffee, so I hand her a cup of coffee from my porch onto hers. <laughs> Couldn't do that here. Sure. Uh, so, what, you know, what it, in a relatively small um, conservative community, obviously it was no secret this had to, you know, because this had to have local approval, et cetera. Sure. How was that um, relationship and has it changed over time? You know, we were, um, we probably had a, uh, a different experience than a lot of other, uh, you know, new cannabis operations um, in the state of Illinois and that we were, uh, you know, citing a business in our hometown, you know, on our family farm. Um, we have relationships with the local community. They um, know us, they know our reputation, um, they know our background. Um, so, uh, you know, not to say that there weren't any detractors, but uh, we really, you know, uh, garnered an immense amount of support from our local community, um, whether it be, you know, county officials, city officials in the city of Vermont, um, local law enforcement. Um, and I think that a lot of that was, uh, you know, because they knew us, they had um, experience with us. Um, and, uh, you know, knew that we were going to operate the business, um, you know, completely above board. Yeah. Um, so how old are your kids? They're still relatively young, huh? Yes, I have a, um, uh, a seven-year-old, a six-year-old, and a uh, newborn. It's a little over two months old. So I'm going to ask your dad a similar question, but I'm wondering whether you've thought um, what you are going to tell your kids about cannabis uh, when they're old enough to have that conversation? Sure. No, it's a uh, um, it's a conversation in one way or another that um, we've already you know uh, started had to, had to have, particularly with our, our older children, because they're you know um, their friends or teachers ask what hey what do mom and dad do, um, and uh, she lets them know that hey mom and dad grow medicine. Um, for sick people in Illinois. So it's, uh, and my daughter's named Grace, which is um, uh, awesome. part of what uh, uh, is in our name. So it's, um, she takes a lot of pride in that also. But they're, they've got a uh, kind of a tertiary understanding, I guess, of what we do. But, you know, again, when they're old enough to know what, you know, smoking pot is, um, what's that conversation going to be like? Who? Man, I, uh, I don't know what that. I, to be honest with you, I haven't scripted that conversation. And I, and I, yet. I mean, <laughs> and believe me, I feel your pain. So just to shift the conversation a little bit, sure. there are, um, and I don't know that we have a statistic for the industry or the customer base. That's, but certainly a lot of our patients are people with disabilities, and so I think that, in my humble opinion, we actually, as an industry, don't talk enough about disabilities and acknowledging that we are, you know, we have lots of customers with disabilities. Um, and obviously it's no secret you live with a disability. Can you talk for a minute about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and you know, it's uh, the, uh, the term disability always 
tends to catch me off guard a little bit because I'm I'm not I don't wake up daily and think of I'm somebody that's got a disability. I have a certainly have a disease. I have multiple sclerosis, um, and that provides certain challenges. But it doesn't. I never feel disabled from performing my job. Um, you know, with nature's grace and wellness and what we do here, or um, you know, uh, duties associated with my family um, and my children. But um, yeah, I I was actually diagnosed with uh, MS in 2010. I had uh, graduated law school, and I was about um, 14 days before uh, I was set to take the Illinois bar exam. Um, and the first symptom um, for the onset of my MS uh, was loss of eyesight in one of my eyes. Um, uh, shortly thereafter, I lost eyesight in the other eye as well, um, but inhibited me from taking um, the bar that summer. Um, I still actually remain um, legally blind. I've regained some of my eyesight, uh, but they don't let me drive, um, for instance, but... Um, well, my wife wish I didn't either. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's certainly, uh, you know, having MS or any um, uh, disease that can be de debilitating, it certainly provides um, challenges, but it's, uh, you know, in a lot of ways has, uh, you know, opened my eyes up to a lot of, um, a lot of experiences that I would have never... Um, uh, never experienced or, uh, you know, seeing things through a, a lens that um, I couldn't have possibly imagined uh, prior to having the disease. So you grow a medicine, and uh, I think compassion is a word that we use a lot in this industry, and it's true. Uh, you know, if I had a dollar for every time somebody, a patient said to me, oh, this has changed my life, um, you know, I'd, I'd be a wealthy man. So uh, how does living with a disease, with a disability, whatever you want to call it, how does that inform you as a uh, in what you do here in terms of the medicine, and even just sort of as an employer and a human being? How has that you know changed your worldview, so to speak? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. We, um, you know, we certainly uh, relate to our customer base, which is that end patient. Um, we think at a at a uh, maybe a little bit different level. We, the, from the products we create to, um, you know, how uh, we want that patient experience to be um, is all informed by, uh, you know, that, uh, that compassionate um, kind of patient-focused um, drive. So you're pretty old-handed this now uh, as far as things like that go. Um, what, what, what have, what surprised you about the industry? Like, I mean, you know, what, going in, what is something you think, my God, looking back on it, I can't believe this is this way, or I, you know, this is a big sort of epiphany for me. What, how's your, uh, uh, how, how, how's your experience running this facility and being in this business sort of uh, driven your thinking? Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know um, uh, if you'd have asked me five years ago that uh, I would have, uh, my wife and I, uh, my wife Claire, I've mentioned also works for the company. I don't know that we would have expected to love this business as much as we do um, and love the industry as much as we do. It's um, I uh, practice law prior to this and uh, my wife Claire is up, uh, uh, in the legal field as well um, and left those fields to come to this business and I just, I would have never expected us to fall in love with the business as much as we have. That's awesome. So is this something you figure you're going to 
do for a while? We yeah, we certainly hope so. You know, it's um, uh, we have a real passion for uh, operating this business, um, and you know, getting the the type of feedback we get from patients. It is really tough to duplicate that in nearly any uh, industry that I can think of. Um, you know, we get a message on social media or Facebook and Instagram or, um, you know, an email to our website when patients talk about how um, our products or whether it's our products or somebody else's products, but how medical cannabis has really uh, changed their quality of life. Um, that's uh, pretty tough to beat. Uh, this industry is sort of on the cusp of change. Um, there is a lot that is going on in terms of potential legislation um, for adult use um, cannabis. We've also just seen a really big change implemented with the opioid uh, alternatives law uh, and as well as the provisional eligibility that patients have now. I like to say they're now seeing by the state of Illinois, innocent until proven guilty. Uh, that's what I call provisional access. Um, but uh, where do you see, the, you know, and maybe this is a question, I'm sure you know, at least sort of have a sense of the industry beyond the borders of Illinois, and certainly in Illinois. Where do you see this industry going? Yeah, it is. Um, uh, it's really tough to gauge, um, you know, where the uh, where the industry is going to, end up right now, but it's, um, you know, we, we uh, travel a decent amount throughout the country um, and, you know, have the opportunity to share our experience um, in the Illinois Medical Cannabis Pilot Program to whether the legislators or, um, you know, county officials in various um, uh, states that are uh, either have adopted a medical cannabis program or considering adopting a medical cannabis or adult use program and we get to talk about um, Illinois. And uh, uh, it's you know, kind of routinely recognized that Illinois has adopted one of um, you know, the most highly reg regulated medical cannabis programs that uh, you know, has really done a lot to ensure uh, that the products patients are getting are um, you know, safe um, and you know, labeled properly and things like that. In a lot of ways, Illinois has created the gold standard for medical cannabis programs in the country and you know people from outside of the state of Illinois recognize that. Um, so I think that's the, uh, the, the great opportunity for Illinois as you know we consider additional le uh, legislation is to um, really continue with um, that perception which is Illinois has um, you know the gold standard for medical cannabis programs and we'd certainly want to see that followed through um, with whether it's expanding the medical program and access for patients more so or um, you know, allowing uh, for adult use cannabis in the state. Well, as we wrap up, the last question is, um, what do you want consumers to know about this industry, about your company? Uh, you know, again, I, I, I spent a lot of time in my world trying to sort of figure out how people are responding to who we are as an industry. And what do you think provides insight for somebody looking in from the outside in terms of who we are as an industry? Sure. Um, you know, I think, uh, uh, I guess maybe one uh, takeaway from our company is that, you know, we are truly a, a family-owned and operated company. Um, uh, we've, uh, there are a lot of O'Hearns that <laughs> work at, at Nature's Grace and Wellness and perform 
um, you know, really key functions uh, for the company. Uh, we're very proud to be family um, owned and operated here. We're not a mega conglomerate. Um, we, you know, entered this business because we wanted to bring economic development to our rural com community, and we had, uh, you know, a real strong de uh, desire for helping um, patients uh, within the state. So we try and approach things um, always from a uh, really compassionate um, side of our uh, of our business. Um, the Illinois program, I don't think, has always done a great job of exercising that compassion um, with how we've limited uh, access to patients. That's thankfully changed a whole bunch um, recently. Um, but that's, as a company, we always want to kind of uh, approach our products with, uh, with the end patient in mind. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you very much, Mark. One of the things that uh, we wanted to accomplish through this podcast is to help patients, consumers, and, and people in general get a good feel for the world of cannabis by telling the stories of the people involved in various aspects of the cannabis industry uh, and the cannabis community. And I really enjoyed hearing the O'Hearn story. I hope you did too. For sure, it shattered my assumptions about uh, the typical pot entrepreneur. Uh, and in fact, it, it also changed the way I really think about family farmers. Uh, and we'll see a family farmer in the future. Um, after all, that dirt road on the property um, might just lead somewhere unexpected. And many thanks to our listeners. If you like what you hear, please don't forget to give this podcast a positive review, to like us or to give us five stars or to recommend us and comment. Um, and definitely don't forget to subscribe to the Cannabis Community Insider on whatever podcast platform you use. We are working on new episodes all the time, uh, and we hope you'll join us again. And don't forget, if you want to be an insider, you have to listen to the insider. Thanks, and talk to you soon.